tell your friends the Mark and Max show is back and better than ever. Oh, yeah! LifeRadio.fm, the Mark and Max show. And as we begin this morning, uh, we, we took a quick time out yesterday and... We don't need to go into it a whole lot, but you posted about it on social media, yeah, so yeah. I'm guessing it's okay. Yeah, um, it's still not easy to talk about, but uh, we lost our little buddy Kimber the other night. She she had been, uh, we talked about here in the last couple of weeks, we talked about her losing her eyesight. She lost her vision. Right. She had been diagnosed with an enlarged heart um, a few months ago, and uh, as a result of that, from time to time, she would have a little trouble breathing because her mm-hmm. heart her heart was in, you know, it was, uh, pressing on her lungs and it made it hard for her to, to, to breathe. And the end result was that, uh, eventually uh, enough fluid collects on the lungs and the, you know, the system starves of oxygen and, and, and that's what finally does them in. And that's what happened the other night when she went, she started, um, breathing very quickly, uh, trying to catch her breath. We called the emergency vet. This is after 1030 at night. We called right. the emergency vet and took her to the emergency vet. And it's not close. There's nothing near where we live. I mean, <laughs> right. I mean, nothing but a dollar general and they don't treat dogs. So, right. um, so before we got there, she would, she had stopped breathing. And, mm. uh, and when we got there, we, uh, uh, they came out to the car and got her. Oh, wow. And, uh, then they came out and got us and brought us in and came to the, came to the little exam room and told us, I mean, and this not even five minutes had gone by and they told us, we're sorry. We just couldn't do anything for her. So, mm-hmm. so wow. it was a tough night. It was a very tough night and a yeah. tough day yesterday because both of us have been, I mean, we've had Kimber for seven years. Now we had flash before her for 17 mm-hmm. years. And right. I think it was, we both felt, Kimber's loss a lot more than we felt Flash's loss for some reason. It's just, there was something about her personality. She just, mm-hmm. you know, she just clicked with us in a way that no other pet we've had has. And it was a tough day yesterday, but, yeah. um, we're getting to that point now where, uh, and, and it occurs to me that if you're not a dog person, this is, this doesn't make sense to you. How can you be this? You know, why would you right. take a day off of work because your dog died? Well, you're not a dog person if you don't understand that. Right. You know, yeah, you just don't because, uh, yesterday was tough. Uh, it was, and it's still a little bit tough. I still get a little bit, you know, a little bit choked up trying to get through this, but, uh, but yesterday was a rough day. Uh, and because, I mean, because she's been around for so long, I mean, she's got a pile of toys in the corner over here. She's got her food bowl here and this and there. And, and she used to lay around in these various spots around the house. And I, out of the corner of your eye, you, you, think oh i saw you know you just get the well the you think you see the dog and she's not there right you get you get re, a reflex where uh every time i would leave the the house i would tell her i would tell her hey i've got to go i'll be back soon and that's something that i learned a long time ago is that dogs if you tell them i'll be back and you come back and then you say see i came back they learn what i'll be back means and that's kind of a reassurance to them oh he's coming back so I don't have mm-hmm. to, I don't have to have anxiety and I don't have to worry so much about them being gone. And so when you come back, they're very happy, but at the same time, they don't worry as much while you're gone because you've told them, you know, I'm coming yeah. back and I would get up out of the chair and I'd head to the, I'd go, uh, I'd go to my, uh, my studio to work on something and I would catch myself almost saying, Hey, I'm going downstairs. I'll be back. And there's right. nobody <laughs> to hear it, you know, <laughs> anyway, yeah. so things are better today. And we're already yeah. on the path of uh, looking at uh, on the next furry friend mm. to to come home well, with us. So good. That'll be a yeah an interesting transition, and oh, uh, we'll yeah. see how it goes. Source of uh, source of some great stories and chewed up furnitures and shoes and things like that. So. Oh yeah, <laughs> especially if you get a puppy. Oh, that's that's kind of the way it's looking. <laughs> LifeRadio.fm, the Mark and Mac show. And, you know, when we finished up the other day, we said, hey, tomorrow, we're going to tell you about. And, of course, yesterday ended up being grief day, so we did. But now, here we go. A lawsuit is claiming that, oh, I I have my bag of Skittles over here. Yes. But uh, here, you can hear the bag. (laughs) 
because <laughs> I bought the big, the one they say you can share with, which uh-huh. means more for Dave. Right. And yes. it's like Skittles. So, and I, I remember when we first started talking about this day before yesterday, this thing was shaking and rattling and mm-hmm. rolling, man. Yeah. Yeah. Um, as you can see, ain't nothing in here now, buddy. <laughs> just, just a bag to remind me to talk about it. <laughs> well, you might want to frame that bag and hang it on the wall. A civil lawsuit has been filed against Skittles, alleging that the candies are unsafe for human consumption because they contain a known toxin. And the company had pledged six years ago to phase that toxin out. It's still there. Janiel Tam, uh, Thames, or if it's a British pronunciation, Thames, alleged in a proposed class action suit filed on Thursday that Mars Candies was using heightened levels of titanium dioxide, or TiO2, in a, a, that's a chemical compound used as a food additive. Thames, who lives in San Leandro, California, purchased an original Skittles product in April, uh, found around April, but would, would not have done so if, she, if he'd been aware of the true facts about the contents of the product, according to the lawsuit. Titanium dioxide is used to enhance the colors of the Skittles. Significantly, def- uh, the defendant need not rely on the use of TiO2 to achieve this result, the complaint reads. It was filed in the U.S. District Court for the Northern District of California. Quote, a reasonable consumer would expect that Skittles can be safely purchased and consumed as marketed and sold. However, the products are not safe. Attorneys are writing the lawsuit is seeking unspecified damages for fraud and violations of California consumer protection laws. Titanium dioxide is set to be banned in the European Union in August. Um, The ban comes after a food safety regulator there had deemed the chemical compound unsafe because of genotoxicity or the ability to change DNA. Okay, now, you know. If you take this at face level, you would think Dave just ate a bag of mm-hmm. DNA changing candy, right? Right. No, because you know that in order for that to happen, you would have to eat more Skittles in a very short period of time than you would ever consume right. on any kind of, you would have to probably do a lifetime in an hour, you yeah. know, yeah. For that's how these usually work. Yeah. So yes, while they're technically right, it can do this mm. it, you have to eat. 3,000 bags of them in 20 minutes and not go to the restroom, okay? Basically, it's like, can you really, you know, can you get drunk from drinking water? Yes, you can. But usually, you have to drink so much of it before you get drunk, you die of water consumption, you know? Yeah. Yeah. So, it, yeah, that, I throw that, this into that pile. However, it is California, so you got to bank on the. Uh, right. I yeah. kind of admire the lawsuit because hey, you got nothing better to do out in California but sue yeah, a candy yeah. company for something that we all like <laughs> that actually you know got great product placement in the movie Old School when yeah. it was used yeah. nothing more than as Mitch comes into his boss's office and hey, how was your trip down to San Diego? It was fine. Would you like a Skittle? Mm-hmm. And he says. No, thank you. And that's the only time you hear Skittles mentioned, but okay. it was right there. It was product placed in there for this guy to actually say it. And they probably got a half million dollars for that, you know? Wow. Yeah. So well, they did find out in the lab, in the lab testing that if you force feed enough Skittles to lab rats, they, yeah. they will explode. Exactly. And, but right before they explode, they turn all kinds of really cool colors and little children want to buy them. You can charge them a lot of money calling it a Willy Wonka rat. Live radio.fm. It's the Mark and Mac show. And Mark, I'm looking at my fingers, looking for any signs of skittle <laughs> coloring on them. And uh, <laughs> if your fingers are growing fingers, you might want to call somebody. Yeah. Uh, you know what, though? Where I live, that's a normal thing. It's like, <laughs> you, know, you know, <laughs> right. I glow in the dark as it is. Okay. You've got no I, chance getting in on this lawsuit because they'll just say, no. you live by Monsanto. This is right. not us. <laughs> Here, let me show you something. Mark. You want to know how corrupt our government is. Okay. Our government is so corrupt. Okay. You have how a company called Monsanto. <laughs> All right. You got a company called Monsanto. Now, Monsanto as a crow flies, is in between a place called Fort McClellan and the Anniston Army Depot. Uh Uh-oh. Now, Fort McClellan is so toxic from the chemical training they did there uh, during World War I and in between, and then World War II, there actually is a Fort McClellan registry for those people who went there, had had to be trained there at some point in time during the 80s and got sick with a lifetime of disease, okay? That registry was not set up by an Alabama 
uh, congressman. You would expect that somebody from the district would actually have done that. That would be Mike Rogers, right? Yeah. No. Mike grew up in that area. He And he's been a congressman since, what, 30 years. But he didn't do it. He actually fought against the Fort McClellan Registry. It was done by a congressman in upstate New York. Why? Because one of his constituents was actually stationed at Fort McClellan in the early 80s, and she got sick with a lifetime of things that they traced back to Fort McClellan and the chemicals they had out there. And so she got her local congressman in New York to do it because the congressman here wouldn't. Now, that's part one. Part two, you have the Aniston Army Depot. They had mustard gas there from 1915, okay? <laughs> they couldn't move it. Because if they, you know, they had so many people that died out at the Anderson Army Depot that were civilian or military contractors, they would die and the family would get paid off and they would just claim it was a heart attack. But they had parakeets. Okay. You know, you got the caged birds to make, you know, in these little igloo things so that when you went in to inspect, if you saw the bird was dead, you didn't go in. Mm -hmm. That's how bad it was out there. Wow. And you talk to the engineers that worked out there, radio broadcast engineers who worked, you know, as contractors actually were full-time at the depot they saw they talked about this all the time yeah bill was a great guy man died at 39 really what happened heart attack really no it was something wow. else but that's what they you know anyway wow. so you got that going on well then you have this company called monsanto monsanto makes all kinds of stuff and chemical stuff and back in 1936 when they were building the plant they had a study done by harvard that said hey if you put these filters on your stacks out there you won't, you won't be venting any kind of toxins into the area. It'll be safe. And they're like, well, we got three of these stacks. How much do those things cost? 1200 each? 3600 bucks? Nah, we're not. $1,937. We ain't spending that. So hey, that's, they just that's, pollute. That's two hammers for the government. There you go. Well, this is for Monsanto, though, privately owned company. Yeah. And this privately owned company said, nah, you know, these hillbilly rednecks, by the time they realize what we've done, we'll have made our money. We can just shut down and move. And that's pretty much what they did. It wasn't until 1994 that a guy sh uh, fishing in Coldwater Creek caught a three-eyed fish. And they're like, hey, three-eyed fish? Is this normal? You know? <laughs> well, no, not really. And so that's when uh, they came out and started doing the sampling and determined that Aniston was the most toxic place in America. All right. You've got Aniston, Fort McClellan, and the Aniston Army Depot. Well, because the government runs Fort McClellan and the Aniston Army Depot, who had to take the fall for it? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Monsanto. So they had this billion dollar settlement, right? Monsanto gets sued. Monsanto pays out all this money. Do you would think the government would have been wanting to smack Monsanto around for doing this to the American people, right? The government standing up for us. They didn't. The government lets them, you know, pay out all this money. By the way, it was PCBs. Um, you know, the PCBs uh, in the soil. Um, actually have never been traced to creating cancer in humans. Hmm. Did you know that? I did not. Kind of like secondhand smoke. Hmm. Nobody has ever gotten cancer from secondhand smoke. It's a theory. Same thing about PCBs. So while we make a big deal about cleaning up PCBs, actually don't have a person that ever got cancer from them. Anyway, so Monsanto had to pay for the cleanup of these PCBs. You know what the cleanup is, Mark? What? Grab a couple of black garbage bags and a couple of bricks. Go up to the area where the soil has been infected. Dig a little bit of that dirt. Put your tarp down there. Put the bricks on the corners of the tarp and walk away. It's fixed. Mm -hmm. That's the fix for these. That, that's how dangerous the PCBs are. That, for whatever reason, a hefty garbage bag cures it. Okay? Now, Monsanto gets sued. And they pay out a billion dollars in damages to the people who lived in the area. You would think that the government would have been part of this, right? Because of Fort McClellan and the Aniston Army Depot. But no. The government was left out of everything. Monsanto took the hit for all of the chemical crap here. Then, you know what happened? They went bankrupt. Mm. So Monsanto files bankruptcy, and lo and behold, uh, that was in 2007. 2008, they are back in business as Solutia. They yeah. changed the name to Solutia. <laughs> I now, remember that, yes. Okay, dude. <laughs> But they didn't even have a day off work. It was like they actually had to hire extra people to come in at Monsanto as my, as solution employees to change the name on the building. Yeah, we need you to. We're hiring you to repaint this. Okay, well, who's writing the check, Monsanto or Solutia? Well, you're going to get a check from Monsanto for the part where we hire you to take off Monsanto. Then Solutia <laughs> is going to pay you to paint Solutia, okay? That's how they did it. The thing is, that very year that they came out of bankruptcy, okay, there's, the company is so bad they have to file for bankruptcy protection. The very next year, the company actually was given 
um, a patent on corn, on its seed, okay? On its seed. Now, only God can make a seed, okay? <laughs> but unless you're Monsanto and Solusha and the government says you can. Right. So a after going into bankruptcy and paying off all these people, Monsanto didn't stop a day. They changed their name. They reopened and became and were profitable by $13 billion the year after they paid out a billion in uh, as part of their settlement. So wow. you pay out a billion to make $13 billion in profit. Wow. All of it orchestrated by the federal government when the government of the United States of America in the 2008 omnibus bill gave Monsanto slash Solutia a patent over their corn seed and on their Roundup and on their bow weevil stuff. And so they gave Monsanto, they said, all right, here's your deal. You guys take the hit for all the damage we have done. You pay out the billion dollars and we guarantee you we're going we're gonna to take care of you. And they did. So Monsanto took the blame for all of it and changed, went bankrupt, changed their name to Solutia, and the very first year out of bankruptcy, $13 billion in profits. Yeah, you think we know the truth about what our government is doing? LifeRadio.fm, the Mark and Max show. Uh, a quick apology. <laughs> Hey, listen, when you get on a roll like that, I just sit back and eat breakfast. I mean, that's... Yeah, I know. It's just, Mark, I get so frustrated because, know, you know... I know, I know. Whenever you get, like, okay, if you get into the JFK assassination, you know, or D.B. Cooper or any number of things, you just immediately get labeled as a conspiracy wacko nut job. And it doesn't matter what yeah. you actually know to be a fact. You can be dismissed that way. Right. And... It happens every day when people dismiss, like, you know, look at politicians like Biden and you're going, if you, if you really did, and I mean this, Mark, if you and I really did an investigation into Joe Biden's health, oh. we would get shut down and the way they would do it is say they're just conspiracy nut wacko. They're, yeah. the, they're racist, Christian, you know, whatever that, right. yeah. that's what they would do and be totally dismissive of, you know, who we are and what we are mm -hmm. just the way everything works. Like, Hey man, see a UFO? You're a drunk, you know. <laughs> really? I will tell you. Yeah, yesterday, man, I had mm -hmm. to. I didn't have to, but yesterday I was on Fox Nation with Nancy Grace, right? And um, it was a, a very sad show. Uh, you know, crime that had occurred. A mother was charged with wrecking her car and uh, her children dying. Um, mm -hmm. It happened back in February up in Michigan, where a woman um, on methadone. What actually um, uh, had a wreck in her car. Her three children were all in their approved car seats, four years old, three years old, and one-year-old. They were all buckled in properly. Um, the mom uh, went across the highway, hit a curb, and the car turned over and landed in uh, a pond, a retention pond. Mm. You know what that is, right? Yeah. Just It's yeah. like water runoff. Right, yeah. Um, and it was in February in northern Michigan, so it was iced over. The retention pond had about three feet of water in it, but six inches of ice it rolled over broke the ice and that was kind of problematic well the three boys drowned on the show um the immediate thing everybody jumped on was the methadone okay that this woman is part of a you know is on a methadone uh, drug program right and it's like i'm listening to these experts talk about it and realizing they know nothing about they they have a paper a book knowledge of addiction right. they don't have yeah a real world application here. Right. And, um, anyway, I just want, I don't jump to conclusions, you know? Mm, yeah. Yeah. I, in this particular case, okay. The woman, um, is, is on a program and she had taken her regular dose of methadone at the clinic that morning. The problem was she actually contacted somebody she knew and got more. Mm. She did it willfully and intentionally. And yeah. she was under the influence of the methadone when she had a wreck. The thing is, what came out of that is the the overall uh, agreement of the panel that all methadone clinics are bad and all methadone clinic patients are drug addicts and seekers. Mm. And that's not the case. But that is the prevailing attitude towards people mm. who, you know, and I think it's sad because for somebody who has tried to help people living with alcoholism and drug addiction for many years, you know, I got 30 two years in this now yeah. of trying to help that I realized that three decades later, the same attitudes are still there. And as Christians, I think we ought, we, 
we ought to be involved in this right in helping you know and and i don't see it mark i I don't see it well there are a lot of programs a lot of uh places that are uh ministries of compassion started as ministries of compassion yes all around us right and yeah and that's a good thing and uh, i think probably if we do some digging we'll find that some of those well many many of the drug rehab places were started that way and so oh yeah and yeah so but my you know i was talking about it on a personal level in the right. church oh, yeah. we as oh, believers yeah. Yeah. yeah exactly yeah we because, See, because anytime you have a business that has money and people yeah. it's going to be a problem but what i was talking about is our attitude towards right, one right. another yeah and that's and it's that that kind of kind of walked me into a pet peeve of mine and that's when you see people these talking head panels talking about how <clears throat> the and online and all sorts of mm-hmm. places uh, running down Christians, running down the church, uh, pigeonholing yep. us and yep. labeling us as things that we are not and saying right. that we don't care. The, the latest one is you're not really pro-life. You're just pro-birth. That's the latest one that oh. you don't care about babies. You just don't want, want abortions happening. Well, wow. it was, it's, it's Christians wow. that started all of the adoption agencies. It's Christians that started hospitals. It's Christians that started schools. It's Christians that every, every beneficial thing that we have in our country with, that has anything to do with family and children was started by churches and, and Christian people, all of it. Right. And a lot of it's still run by churches and Christian people. A lot of the big hospitals, right. you know, are still run by, you know, uh, by that yeah. were started are still, you know, they're right. motivated by their, the ministry. We're the evil ones, Mark. We're the evil ones with the evil history. It's exactly right. We're the ones who are doing all the damage to society when actually we're the ones who stepped up and said, yeah, I'll fill the gap there. I'll do this. I'll be the one who steps in and helps this person. And so, and that, like I said, it's a pet peeve of mine because, because they condemn us for not being, you know, for, for, for being hateful and wanting to condemn these poor, these poor people to a, a, a living hell because we're intolerant. And we're the ones that have, we're the ones that actually put our, our neck on the line to make sure these things got started to treat people, to help people, to, to deliver the babies and to set up adoptions. That's another thing that bothers me is, is, is you just want these babies born. You don't care about after that. There are millions of Christian people in America today on waiting lists to adopt babies. (laughs) So don't give me that. And the same holes for like you were talking about drug and rehab and things like that. You and I both know not one, but many people involved in, in rehabilitation programs and they're all based on the gospel and the successful ones are the successful ones are the 30 day programs. That's just what your insurance will will cover the successful ones. They keep you for as long as they can. And they put the gospel in you every day. liferadio.fm the mark and mac show you know mark yes every now and again <laughs> on facebook you get one of these suggested for you things uh-huh and i guess it's because i look up weird trivia and stuff like that okay i don't know you think but anyway it's a tv guide cover from uh, july uh 19 2003 so 19 years ago this week and on the cover of tv guide which i didn't know they still had tv guide even then okay and i don't know if they have it now but back in the day, you remember you would get that TV guide and it would sit there like on the uh, right next to the uh, recliner in your living room. So your dad could look through it or whatever. Mm-hmm. And you would actually look at the TV guide to see what was on. Right. And you'd read through it. Oh, yeah. I mean, and it didn't take long. There were only three channels in PBS. I mean, <laughs> that was it pretty much. But yeah, anyway. Um, but anyway, on this cover, this is what it's got a pic. It's got a, the cover has Jim Belushi. And Courtney Thorne Smith, and it's the headline says, "According to Jim, critics roasted it. You loved it. Belushi wouldn't have it any other way." Wow! And I thought, this is 19 years ago. Mm-hmm. You know? Yeah. And I, I, yeah, yeah. It's yeah. like if you had told me, I wouldn't have thought that long ago. I just wouldn't have. No. You know, 20 no. years. Come on. Yeah. Um, and it reminded me of a friend that uh, said. Um, he was, uh, it was something that said, uh, music, uh, this radio station thing was, um, music from 30 years ago to make you, And he was like, his thing was, you know, great from the seventies, you know, and it's like, no, you know, <laughs> exactly. And no. all of a sudden you go, no, actually you're talking about 1992, uh-huh. you know, and it was that shocker of, nope, it's the early nineties. You're like, yeah. wait a minute. So now somebody that graduated from high school in 1992 had their 30th anniversary this year. Right. It's 
that you know it just as we get older those things happen and it just kind of shocks you man uh-huh that's true knock your feet out anyway yeah. i just thought that was funny you know yeah yeah and you're talking about the show just the the show according to jim yeah I haven't mm-hmm. thought of that show probably since the day it aired. I mean, <laughs> <laughs> life radio.fm Mark and Mac show. And boy, Mark just kind of <laughs> drifting along. I had to tell you something. <laughs> oh, I um, thought you were talking about me. <laughs> just <drifting> no, last <laughs> week. No, going to the beach last weekend. Um, one of the weirdest things mm. happened in the hotel. Um, we actually had cable and, it was a weird viewing experience because I haven't watched TV like that in a long time. Oh yeah. You where know, like where you actually have to flip the channels and decide on what to yes. watch. <laughs> right. And, and it, it was like in commercials and yeah. what? Yeah. Oh, come on. Oh, it's isn't that like, the oh. truth nowadays when you flip over and watch something on the regular TV schedule, mm-hmm. like, Oh, it's Thursday yeah. night. This show is on. I think, well, we'll watch it. And then you commercial. I can't fast forward through the commercials. Right. You know, it's like, I, and I can't, and I'm in a hotel. It doesn't allow me to pause. I right. can't do all the, it's like, how do people do this? You know, it's weird, but anyway, so I just thought I have actually that was a weird I've actually seriously considered taking our Apple TV thing, our little box, yep. taking it on trips with us just because yep. I'm so used to the way it is at home. You know, I know <laughs> it, it occurred to me yeah. and I did look on the back of the TV, you know, I was like, oh, mm-hmm. it would. Yep, it would. Yep. Anyway, it was just in that moment of just, you know, where you're going, well, this is a weird. lot, of, a lot of tea, a lot of uh, hotels. Well, I would say most now the major chains have gotten smart and as they've replaced their televisions, they've replaced them with TVs that will allow you to cast to the TV from your phone or your, or your yeah. laptop or whatever, so that you can right. watch whatever you want. That's on yeah. your, on your device. You can watch it on the TV and that's a smart thing, but yeah. Wow. We got off in the nerd world there. (laughs) I wasn't staying in that. I was staying in a, uh, like I said, we booked last minute to go. (laughs) Not last minute, but for me, you know, it was actually, look, last minute for me is when I'm calling hotels while I'm on Uh I-65 out of Birmingham headed south, um, planning ahead, Mm -hmm. you know, that's, but this was something we actually did a couple weeks earlier. And so, and it was purposely something that was not what I would normally book. Normally, I want on the beach. I want sand in my. Right. I want to have yes. to vacuum the sand out of the sliding glass doorway every to, day. You yes. know, yeah. yes. Mm-hmm. And uh, this one, we didn't do that. We were anyway. So it, it was just different all the way around. Every part about this experience was something I had never done before and would not do again. Just right. throwing it out there. Okay. Do you anyway, re- do you remember the day when you could take a trip to the beach and not even think about the hotel until you got there? I mean, yeah, we'll stay. I think we'll, I know we'll, we'll probably stay at that oh, holiday inn or whatever. And you'd get there and walk in and say, yeah, I need a, I need a double or whatever. And they'd say, sure. It oh, used, wow. to, it used no. to be that way. I mean, it used wow. to be that way. And now, no. <laughs> no. Wow. No, you didn't. How funny. Uh, when did you make your reservation? Could it have been, could it have been, this is one of my favorite things. Could it have been under another name? Oh, sure. I always book hotel rooms under somebody else's name. Oh <laughs> uh, yeah, I, I see Smith, John Smith. Yep, that, that's me. Uh, left my ID and my other wallet back at home. I'm so sorry. Brian Regan has a whole section, or used to have a whole section of his comedy act about the check-in process. And could you have had that? Could you have reserved that under another name? Oh yeah, look under Zippity Duda. <laughs> Life radio.fm the mark and mac show and you know after going through our experience last weekend you know um (laughs) because hannah's a millennial she booked through airbnb of course because i am not a millennial and uh i actually conversed with the hotel you know (laughs) big difference but anyway right now we have this story airbnb host calls out hosts who make you clean Mm -hmm. this is something i saw when we were booking because hannah was like well just go to airbnb she goes and and look and i'm looking at the price i'm going hey these are pretty good prices and then i noticed the the fees it's like so yeah the actual price is low but a cleaning fee and i gotta bring all my own stuff and it's like wait a minute this is gonna cost me twice as much as it said (laughs) you're right because if you don't clean it they will charge you to clean it yeah Right. And if so, you if you've actually stayed in an a, a, an Airbnb, there is a good chance you have run into a host who will leave you a list of things you have to do on checkout. And 
it's it's never really made any sense why some Airbnb hosts will make you clean up after your stay and then charge a substantial cleaning fee on top of that. Well, there's one Airbnb host who took to TikTok because, of course, everything everything mm-hmm. is on TikTok nowadays to explain why he would never leave his guests a long list of checkout chores and how he wants to make the process as smooth as possible. The TikToker named John Michael Thomas. That's a radio name. That's a John yes. Michael Thomas. Hey, explain why he makes the checkout process easy for his guests. Quote, you're on vacation. You're not a housekeeper. The hosts who do this chore stuff drive me insane. He explained that he puts his checkout process instructions on the back of the door. And the instructions are close the door. And then in small italicized letter, it says, yep, that's it. That's all you need to do. Try to remember, to, <laughs> try to remember to lock it. <laughs> oh, how funny. Yeah. Good. How for funny. Yeah. Yeah. Oh man. I don't know that I would want to be an Airbnb owner or no, because just, 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 just let your imagination run for a few minutes about what the, what you're going to find in your, on, in your property after some people check out. You right. Know, it doesn't matter that you're going to charge them a cleaning fee. It doesn't matter. It just imagine what some people will do to you. I mean, yeah. Ugh. Life radio.fm, the Mark and Mac show. We appreciate you joining us and uh, ask that you pass this along. You know, had a weird week this week on the yeah. show and yeah. you know, Mark, it would have been in our best interest to have just, said you know what we're gonna have the whole week off yeah, we, pro- we, we should probably should have taken the clue from monday yeah you know just, just yeah, or tuesday it, tuesday morning we, we should have yeah. like you know probably wasn't a good good idea to come back we'll be out the rest of the week thanks yeah. guys should have yeah <laughs> yeah should have it's summer why not but we did yeah. so you know what it's here we are anyway all right so zillow mm-hmm. is another one of the websites that we've become accustomed to using uh, right. for yeah. a number of different reasons and yeah. uh, it's kind of interesting you're looking for what a, you see. a home it's a real estate website mm-hmm. and, and you know what though i look at it just for energy i mean i i guess it's an old thing but i look at what's for sale and what people are you know especially if you have a neighbor you know somebody that's putting their house up for sale that you've been in their home yeah you know what it used to look like when they lived in it right. and now it's empty to sell and you go yeah what did they do here? <laughs> I know. I, there's a hole under that piece of, yeah, That's they're right. broken. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. yeah. I, they, there was a house uh, at the top of the hill from where we live that has sat empty for a while. And somebody mm-hmm. somebody bought it. And it was a rental home. And you know, rental right. homes rental homes tend to not be the best maintained sometimes. Yeah. You know, this house, at one point in the past, somebody had a, uh, an engine fire. And the, 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 and their, their truck burned to the ground in the driveway and the, the driveway is one of these that has two, it has an entrance and an exit on the street. It curves right. in, in front of the house, in front of the, you know, the entr- entrance to the house. Now this is not a palatial home. It's a, it is a basic house. It's just got a fancy driveway. Right. Right. And so this, this truck burned down right in front of the house, melted the vinyl siding off the front of the house. <laughs> it was that wow. hot. That house wow. stayed that way for probably seven, eight, maybe nine years with no siding on the front <clears> of the house, just the insulation. And they kept renting it. <laughs> so, Mr. Wow. Jones, how high are your standards? What do you expect out of a rental home? Oh, we have wow. the place for you. And so finally somebody, wow. yeah, somebody bought it and uh, they did a flip on it. Right. And I'm thinking they're flipping in my neighborhood. <laughs> what but they flipped they they now has vinyl siding but they worked on that house for a good two months right you, you see these shows on tv and they've got it done in an hour you know, it, you know it's, right they worked yeah. on this house for at least two months and then they came in and staged it they put furniture right. in it they and it went and i passed by it one evening and it was all lit up and i went wow i want to move here you know, because they had really redone the house. You could see from the front to the back, out the back windows where the kitchen is. And they had knocked out walls and built new walls and opened the floor plan up. And it's bright and airy and it's just gorgeous. And they they put furniture in it and made it look fantastic. And then it sat there again for another couple of months. <laughs> because the house next door, which had burned a, a few years ago and is still sitting there 
burned a burned hulk with the but it's okay because now the yard is so tall you can barely see the house um right (laughs) are you living in detroit and didn't tell me mark (laughs) yeah i finally moved the mark and mac show liferadio.fm it's the mark and mac show and you know mark we we have not done a stupid criminal today right and i'm beginning to wonder if our little vacation week uh, that we really should have taken the time to reboot you know we're gonna reboot ourselves this weekend because we usually have this already done by now yeah probably probably should take through can we just take next week off The Tulsa Police Department posted about one of their most wanted suspects looking for information. Then the suspect commented on the Facebook post herself, and that ultimately led to her arrest. Wednesday, the police department posted about Lorraine Graves, who is charged with being an accessory to murder. The department was looking for information on Graves, who was suspected to have been involved in the murder of Eric Graves. Eric hmm. Graves was shot and killed in an apartment at an apartment complex, and two men had already been charged with his murder and arrested. However, the department was still looking for Lorraine Graves, and she ended up showing herself to them when she commented on the post. Where's the reward money at? <laughs> oh, no. Uh-huh. Behind the preposition. Uh-huh. Um, <clears throat> the police department took a screenshot of Graves' comment which received 37 replies and was ultimately deleted. On Friday, detectives with the Fugitive Warrants Unit arrested Graves in North Tulsa. Her bond is set at half a million dollars. (laughs) In a second post, the department shared photos of Graves during her arrest, smiling, as well (laughs) as the screenshot of the comment that got her there. Wow. Just wow. Yikes. Some (laughs) people do not deserve to walk among the free, Mark. Well, my take on that is these people are walking among us. I know. <laughs> LifeRadio.fm, the Mark and Mac show. And, you know, Mark, back in the day um, when <laughs> before we had a smartphone with camera and all that, you know, we used to have like a camera was a separate thing we took on trips. Right. You remember that? Yes. And. You go back even further, we didn't have a phone all the time either. But anyway, the headline says, Giant Eagle Ray jumps into Alabama family's boat. Now, is this a giant eagle that is named Ray? (laughs) No, it's it's an aquatic creature called a ray, like a stingray, right? Okay, all right, all right. An Alabama family participating in a fishing event ended up with an especially rare catch when a 400-pound Eagle Ray jumped into their boat. April Jones of Saraland said she and her family were participating in the Alabama deep fishing rodeo when the giant ray jumped out of the water and landed on their boat, striking her on the shoulder. The five-foot ray was carrying a litter of youngins as well. What? Ray pups. Mm -hmm. Um, The family took their boat to the Dauphin Island Sea Lab to get help releasing it back into the water. Marcus Dryman with Mississippi State University said eagle ray sightings are rare in the Dauphin Island area. Quote, we have an extraordinary diversity of fishes here in the north central Gulf of Mexico, and it's a rare and exciting opportunity. He said about the Jones family's encounter. Wow. Yeah. Now, I've seen the videos of fish jumping in boats and people getting yeah. hit in the face by fish jumping across boats and things like that. Yeah. But when they weigh 400 pounds. <laughs> wow. I, that's just huge. Yes. Holy moly. I really wondered where this was going. You know, when I see the headline and yeah. you're going through things and I, like you, I've seen, you know, uh, fish that you mm-hmm. know, jump for the, the moon or whatever right, and yeah. croakers, you know, that are yeah. sound like frogs with their fish, things like that. But yep. this is not something I ever, if I saw this in a movie, I'd be like, Oh, come on. <laughs> you know, that's what <laughs> exactly. liferadio.fm mark and mac show and you know a little while ago we started talking about a, a story about zillow and <laughs> i don't know man there's something shiny over there or jackrabbit a squirrel something you know and we never actually did this story which is funny it's a weird funny <laughs> it story. is strange yeah uh and you're familiar with zillow you search the zillow listings when you're sh- when you're house shopping online and if you there's a home in huntington pennsylvania you might be interested in if you like camping 
For $80,000, you get a basic house with an unfinished interior. It sits on almost an acre and a quarter of wooded lot. And best of all, the current owner, the current owner has a large camper, not with the house, but in the house. It's inside the home. <laughs> now, was the plan to live in the camper inside the home until the rest of the interior was completed? That's what it sounds like, since Zillow, the, the listing on Zillow says there's not a septic system there. Right, row. Hmm. If you look at the photos, it looks like the current owner thought of removing this large camper since it's walled into a corner of the small home. So, wow. They're building the huh. house around it, and it's in a corner so they can just, okay, cut this wall, this wall, pull the camper out. You know? Wow. That's an odd, <laughs> odd thing. I've heard of people living in a camper or living in a single wide or living in something on a site while they build a house, but never inside yeah. the house. <laughs> it's just like painting yourself into a corner times 12. Yeah. LifeRadio.fm, the Mark and Mac show. And, you know, we, we got our stupid criminal story out of the way a little bit ago. Yes. Um, and I think... This, it seems like this one was part of the Guinness Book of World Records story at I, some point in time. I think it is. I think this guy's okay. going for a, a world record, but this okay. is not classified in the story itself as a okay, Guinness this World Records. this is an records. update. This is an update of a Guinness story. So, oh, all right. What is that? <laughs> it's, a, it's a major award. Shucks, I wouldn't know, Dad. It looks like a lamb. A Colorado man became the first person of the 21st century and the fourth person overall to use a contraption attached to his nose to push a peanut up Pike's Peak. The city of Manitou Springs said Bob Salem began pushing the peanut up the mountain at, eight, at 9 a.m. on July 9th and reached the top in a 10 a.m. ceremony on July 15th. Mr. Salem attempted the unusual feat as part of Manitou Springs' 150-year celebration. City officials said Salem was the fourth person to ever complete the task and the first person of the 21st century. They say his seven-day journey broke the record of eight days, which was set by Ulysses Baxter back in 1963. Salem told uh, city officials before beginning the attempt, There is no city like Manitou Springs. I'm excited to be the one to bring around this bit of history to celebrate Manitou Springs' 150th celebration. I hope everyone takes the time to visit and indulge in the rich history the Pikes Peak area represents. You won't want to leave. (laughs) Well, he's not leaving anytime soon because his nose is in traction, but dude, yikes. Yeah. (laughs) The things people will go through, you know, I know. I'm just thinking why? Yeah. I mean, of all the things, you know, (laughs) I, I just, why can't there be a, a story about a guy who sets his entire life up so he can sit in the recliner and watch TV, mm-hmm. whatever he wants to watch. People have to bring him stuff. And it, you know, the, con, the the world record is how long can a gentleman sit there and buy him, you know, uh-huh. just because I'd try for that record, Mark. I would practice <laughs> for that record. I, I think I could devote the time and energy necessary to build myself into a world-class athlete that could actually break that kind of record. Well, you know what they say. There is a fine line between genius and madness. LifeRadio.fm, the Mark and Mac show. Beautiful day in the neighborhood, you know, because we have survived yet another day almost. And, uh, boy, uh, Mark, I, I don't know. Well, almost a week. We had really bad. Last weekend, we had uh, some really bad service at this restaurant. Yeah. And. I, yeah, I've gotten to the point now where it's like, you know how the tip that you, you go, if you go to the beach, two people eating, it's 50 bucks. You know mm, that, I unless know, you go out. Yeah. And so yeah. I, you start looking at this, you think, okay, it's 50 bucks. Normally, if, you, if you're if you a 20% tipper, that's I start at 20 and go up or down based on service, okay? Mm-hmm. And the reason I know, I know what they make. They make X number of whatever per hour plus tips. <laughs> I know that. I don't right. like that, but that's the way it is. So anyway, you get a $50 check. I mean... You've got your choices here, and you know that a 20% tip on 50 bucks is $10, okay? Right. Yeah. So, you know, you just put it in, and boom, not a big deal. Um, anyway, I say all that to say that I did that several times, and on one of those, I realized that I actually did the tip like that, even though they got our order wrong, the oh. food was bad, the and the server was rude. 
you know? Wow. And I still did that. Yes. I realized that after on the way home, I was like, <laughs> I did it just to get out of there. Wow. I just wanted to be done with it, you know? Yeah. But anyway. And that reminds right. and that reminds me there was an, an episode uh, of the old TV show Dragnet. You you remember? Oh, wait a minute. Hang on. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, Dragnet. The uh <laughs> where uh, the the two cops are in a diner and the waitress has been surly. <laughs> And when they get up and leave, he leaves a penny on the table as a tip because mm-hmm. she's just been bad. And right. she walks over to the table and picks it up and holds it up and calls them out as they're going out the door. Says, you call this a tip? He says, no, ma'am. I call that a hint. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Love it. So server, we have a Pennsylvania waitress. Right. A server in Pennsylvania in a restaurant was surprised with a, a nice tip on a $13 check from an out-of-town out customer. The tip, $3,000. Yeah, Marietta Lambert said she recently waited on a customer at Alfredo's Pizza Cafe in Scranton and received the $3,000 tip alongside the $13 payment for a Stromboli. Must have been some kind of Stromboli. She said, we ran his card and everything went through. We took his ID and took pictures of everything. They waited a little bit to make sure it was legit and went through, and it ended up being real. Alfredo's manager, Matt Martini, said he spoke to the customer, a Mr. Eric Smith, who explained that he was from out of town and had uh, left the generous gratuity as part of the Tips for Jesus social media trend. The phrase Tips for Jesus was written on the receipt. He says, it really meant a lot to me because everyone's going through stuff. It really touched my heart, and I still can't believe I'm still, I can't believe it, I'm still in shock. Lambert said the extra cash will allow her to pay some bills and possibly take a vacation with her family. Well, good. Yeah. That's awesome, you know. Do you find yourself asking the wait staff um, subtly when you're going to tip them? Uh, do you guys pull tips or, you know, do you ever ask that? No. Well, I got years ago, I got, uh, I had a, a, a waitress that she just did a phenomenal job. Right. Wonderful. Yeah. You know, made, she actually made the dining. It, it was long enough ago that my kids were with us. Okay. And they were young, but she just did a phenomenal job, you know, and, and made it a wonderful experience. And so we wanted to take care of her a little bit. And I, as I was doing it, she said, Hey, um, I just want you to know, we pull tips, you know, we pull them all together. Mm-hmm. So, um, I didn't realize, you know, that was a thing. And yeah. she was saying that because she wanted us to know that while she appreciated the generosity, mm-hmm. that it wasn't going to amount to much for her. Right. And that's a shame. I thought, yeah, it really bothered me. Yeah. And I, I thought, well, do I slip her a 20? What do I do? And I was like, you know, I, I we just did it anyway. Tip what we want, we're going to tip her. And yeah. thought, you know what, we'll yeah. let chips fall where they may. But anyway, I, I wonder about that sometimes. When you see something like this, can you imagine, you know, somebody yeah. wants to bless this and yeah. finds out that everybody in they the West get to divide it up, yeah. Well, that's yeah. A really, it's a really, that's a really commie way to do things when you think about it. Yes. It really is. Well, Mark. It's just you know, bad. It's, Outcome-based education. We had this, we had a story not long ago about a lawsuit uh, because mm. the the owner yeah. of this particular establishment right. was taking a cut of the tips as well. Yeah, which oh, wow. yeah. that's a big no no. LifeRadio.fm. It's the Mark and Mag Show, and hey, man, I really appreciate you sucking it up today. I really oh, do. I know. Well. It's- Tough day, tough week. I know. It's funny. I was thinking I probably I probably would have been better off being here yesterday because oh. I could have had a few well, laughs and, you know, would have been a nice distraction. But then yeah. yes, yesterday well, was a sorry tough I took day. That away from you. It was a tough day yesterday. Uh, I, would have, yeah. I would give you a tip, but you know. <laughs> management right. takes them all. So, hey. <laughs> yeah, there you go. So, please, Mark, would you please do me a solid favor Wait. right now and give me the Guinness Book of World Records theme? Oh, sure. What is that? It's a major award. Shucks, I wouldn't have known that. It looks like a lamb. An Indian jewelry company earned a Guinness World Record when it set a staggering 24,679 diamonds in a single ring. Mark, now is this an Indian, like from the country of India, yep. or is this come to our casino Indian? No, this is not a casino Indian. This is okay. this is this is one of Raj's relatives. That's who that there is. You yes. Go. Okay. Guinness announced SWA Diamonds earned the record for the large ring, which was dubbed Ami, Sanskrit for immortality. The design of the ring was based on the pink uh, the pink oyster mushroom. 
because everybody knows what that looks like. The, mm-hmm. the quote, the mushroom represents immortality and longevity. Okay. I have to do this the right way. The mushroom represents immortality and longevity, said Abdul, <laughs> Abdul Gafur Anadian, the managing director at SWA Diamonds. The natural diamonds set in the ring were certified as conflict-free by Kimberly Process Certification Scheme. The ring, which weighs in at about 12 ounces, was valued by SWA Diamonds at $95,243. Wow. Pocket change. <laughs> Wow. Yeah. Pocket change for Elon Musk. Yeah. I'm thinking, oh, man. But still. Where's Kenny Nolan when you need it? Where do you wear a $95,000 diamond ring? Where? I mean. Oh, you wear that one in the garden because the one's a half million. It stays inside till we go out to dinner. You ain't going to Waffle House in that ring. (laughs) I would. LifeRadio.fm, the Mark and Mac show. You know, every now and again, Mark, when a story goes viral, you know, meaning the entire world sees it. Right. You know, this is one of those because I can't imagine anyone that doesn't like a good monkey story. You know? (laughs) Yeah. I don't. I'm sure there are. I just have never met them. And I don't think I want my life to have somebody in it that doesn't (laughs) want to, you know, find out about a crazy monkey story. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Well, that's a good thing because we got a crazy monkey story. Police in Japan are searching for a wild monkey that's attacked 10 people in two weeks. The attacks began on the 8th of July in the Ogori district of Yamaguchi prefecture in the country's southwest. In the most serious incident, it badly scratched an infant after invading a family home. Um, The baby's mom told local media, I was vacuuming when I heard my child crying, so I turned around and saw the monkey and grabbed her by the legs while she was playing on the floor. It looked like it was trying to drag her outside. Wow. Last weekend, the monkey opened the screen door of a first-floor apartment and scratched the leg of a four-year-old girl, leaving her with minor injuries before attacking other people nearby. The monkey was said to be eh, 15 to 20 inches in height also invaded a local kindergarten classroom and scratched a four-year-old girl. The local police are reportedly on high alert. They have set traps for the animal and warned people not to leave their windows open. The local mayor's (laughs) office has distributed flyers telling local residents to be on the lookout. But as of uh, Tuesday, the animal was still on the loose. The public Mm -hmm. broadcaster there, NHK, said there have been about 40 monkey monkey sightings in the area since May. Hmm. This monkey is Actually, Mark, this is a promo for the movie the water boy part two you know that's what really? that is yeah remember that because he couldn't tell his mom he was playing football and he was always getting black eyes and bruises and he told her it was a monkey wait a minute wait a minute Kill this. mark and mac are back the mark and mac show weekday mornings on life radio.fm